When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Roger. Is there anything that Lionel Messi is better than you have? It's opinion. I respect your opinion. Maybe in your opinion, Messi is better than me. But in my mind, I'm better than him. I do it again. Guys, I'm Sai. Welcome to Ace Podcast Nation. Welcome to Rodri Gigs on Football. We're live on Ace Podcast Nation YouTube, Twitter, and I think we're live on Instagram as well. Uh, if someone wants to check that, then crack on. But uh, it looks like it's all good, which is uh, a new thing for us, a new thing for StreamYard. Always moving on as we like to do, like to evolve, make things better, try new things. And of course, if you listen to the audio versions, then of course we're on the Sports Social Podcast Network. So check us out on there. Spread the word. All that good stuff. I am delighted to be joined by another uh, well-known face in the world of football for the second night in a row. But this one is—he's uh, been everywhere: ex Salford City, FC United, Mosley, Bangor City, Aberystwyth Town. Curtis Ashton. There we go. Oh, wait, there's always one more. There's always one more, at least. It's Mr. Roderick Giggs. I've never, I've never right. ever said, I've never ever said Kurzweil. I just did that because you named them all. But yeah, I was only there for a year. Getting good, mate. Getting remembering all of them. There's so many. I got to write them down. But uh, yeah, how are you, my friend? You good? Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah. 
lots to discuss, mate. Lots to discuss. So um, we'll get like straight into it. Let's do. We haven't done it for a couple of weeks for a variety of reasons. Obviously, we do the Super Six Prediction League for charity and the Fantasy Football League for charity, and uh, it's been very interesting week. Now, now that Rodri's had a good week, we have to start talking about it again. It's it's part of his deal. He's got to be bigged up every week. He's got to boost his ego, you see. But when I was smashing him, I felt like the weeks before, it's like, oh, we don't talk about that. But anyway, you know, I'm not bitter. Uh, fantasy, fantasy Premier League. Uh, Prince EV had the highest individuals, individual yeah, score this week with 79 points. But Pete McElroy uh, is top of the table with 1,053 points. Oh, my days. I can tell you I know any of that for a start. Uh, Super Six, Kelly Beckley, Jamie Richards-Knight and James Costley topped the round with 14 points apiece. Caroline Cartwright is top of the league overall. How is my battle with Rodri going? It's a close one in the Super Six. Rodri is uh, back a point ahead. So he's 178 to my 177. He scored six this week. I scored four. Uh, the Fantasy Premier League, though, is, uh, is not as close. Rodri's on 829. I'm on 730. The next round of both is three o'clock on the 23rd of December. By the Let's way, FPL, when I started a month ago, you was above me. I mean, Just... we've had this. I don't do it, do I? Like, I oh, don't I pay attention yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Right. It's for charity, mate. Come on. Come right, on. You're right. better than that. All right. Super six. Just playing with you. Yeah, mate, playing with me. I just had to give you a little bit of a comeback because you were sulking, weren't you, after the the other week when you wouldn't wouldn't respond to my text. Absolute toying with you. Well, when I won last week, you wouldn't even respond to my text for a couple of days. Like, I got a bit insulted, you know, because you were just crying or crying away. What text? text? Yeah, that's it, isn't it? Right, mate, there's... that uh, That was last week. That was... It doesn't matter, yeah. is it? History, mate. History, that was isn't it? Channel 529 on the Sky, that history no. channel. Mate. We're not our Arsenal fans here. We don't talk history all the time. We talk about them now. Um, exactly. So, mate, right. on that subject, there is like so much to talk about uh, this week. It's, um, it's quite mad. I want to talk about, first of all, Tom Locklear being discharged from hospital after a, a cardio, cardiac arrest. Um, obviously, that's good news that he's been discharged. Um, look, from a humane point of view and like human point of view, I wish him nothing but the best, mate. And I hope he goes on to live a long and happy life with his family and stuff. Um, I think, it, without knowing any of the details, I think from the outside, he probably isn't going to play football again. Simply because if you have two cardiac arrests in the space of less than 12 months, I'm not sure that you're going to be able to carry on playing sport at a professional level. But I don't know. I'm not part of the decision. And He's been lucky, it. really, for him to happen twice. Know, mate. Yeah, you know, big time. And you know what? The the you could tell by the reaction of the players to the most recent one. Like soon as they knew it was him who had gone down and wasn't really like moving to you know he had gone down weird and and wasn't moving. Like it's the way players, you go down, you don't face face plant like that, do you? No. And they um you know that everyone was straight on and like I you know the manager he looked. You could tell, like, it was very emotional um, period. You know, they've been through it before. And, um, yeah, it's not nice, mate. Not nice at all. Um, but you never know. Like, I didn't expect him to come back. From but, you first, know, you, you wouldn't, Eric someone to come back, but pacemaker, they identified it, the situation properly. Who knows? With modern science, just hope it's the right decision and, you know, the, the main thing that he's all right. Yeah, look, touch wood, mate. 
that um, him, you know, Ericsson, all of them have no more, no fear of the problems and they go on and live uh, happy and long lives. Look, there's more more to life than football at the end of the day, mate. Um, Good coaching career for Locker. Yeah, I mean, Tom Locker, mate, I don't know if you've seen him. I've seen him do a couple of uh, like media things. He's very, very good speaker. He's very, very intelligent. Puts his point across in like a clear and concise way. So I would imagine there's a job in the media for him as well. Um, but also, I think he could probably go and do some good in you know youth football, talking to youth players as well. Because regardless of the reasons why and stuff like this that people all want to speculate on, which I'm not interested in speculating on. But we are seeing professional athletes around the world sort of having these types of medical emergencies. And ultimately, I think making young footballers, young athletes aware of what to do in that situation, how to cope with it, I think is not a bad thing. Because it's like professional sport is, they read, you know, it's so close to the red line of health and like they're pushing everything in there, every little limit of every little thing in all professional sports to get that edge and to be the best. So I don't think it would be the worst thing to educate academies, staff, the rest of it, you know, even more in terms of how to deal with it, what to do, stuff like that. But um, yeah, look, I'm just happy that at the moment it looks like he's, you know, he's been discharged from hospital and he's, you know, Hopefully he makes a full recovery and everything's good. Um, on a less positive story, uh, it was ruled it was ruled in court today that uh, <coughs> UEFA cannot stop Super League because it goes against workers' rights and things like this. What has been fascinating to watch is all these clubs scrambling over themselves to put out statements saying, "No, we don't want nothing to do with it." which is quite the opposite to when it first reared his head, what was it, probably about 18 months, two years ago, where you had a group of clubs who kind of had gone, done it on the sly and proposing it. Some of those clubs are now saying, nope, not interested. I was very interested to see, obviously, your club, United, was one of the first clubs to say, put a statement out there, Statement FC this year, isn't it? It's like a couple of statements a week on various things, but... Um, what do you make of it, mate? What do you make of it? You feel, like I just think it's a non-starter now because they tested the water. The water was too hot for him. Far, far, far too hot. So, you know, they're on rewind now. So, uh, and you've seen that with the quick statements uh, saying, "No, we want nothing to do with it." So, you know, they, they, they tested the water with the fans, and the fans spoken basically. Um, if you have no people in in your ground. Just like another pandemic, COVID, it's not very good, is it? Yeah, it's um, there's uh, that's what would have happened. Oh, you know, it would have been, yeah, it would have been good for him. So, and, and that's everyone because it, it, it was um, wide, widely said by by all around the, the, the English fans that they were nominated, it, it was it was not going to happen, not on their watch and not on our watch. And so, yeah. Adios, Super League. Yeah, it's a non-starter. Without the Premier League clubs, I believe it's a non-starter. Without the, the the Munichs, the Uniteds, the rest of it, like it's just a non-starter anyway. But it's good to see, I suppose, that the Premier League or certain clubs have kind of put a kibosh on it straight away because then it has, it's not like just 
in the background all the time, I suppose. However, a quick statement might have come from Jimmy Bradcliffe. He might be in there now. And he might have, you know, Kai it straight away. Let's be one of the first ones out there. Nah, this ain't happening. So then what happens if it's the other way around? What happened? Not that I believe this for a second. Maybe it's the Glazers. You know, they, they want to change their ways. They want to... The money said this was a more a, 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 mon, a better money stream for him or another alley of a money stream for him, then they were going to take it because they don't care. They're 2,000 miles away. Yeah, they're in, for, in it for the cash, mate, don't they? Um, yeah. On testing the water, mate, and it being too hot, I read some interesting stories the last couple of days. Uh, hot off the back of his performances for Getafe, Um Mason Greenwood has been heavily linked with staying at United or coming back to United and Sancho going. And but I, I think it was I said to you, didn't I, when he went on loan, it, the way they worded it in all their statements, the door was like open. They never said he was leaving permanently. It was just that he was leaving to sort himself out and blah blah blah. And I said at the time, if he goes out to Katafi, scores a shitload of goals and plays really well. There's not a chance that United will sell him to X, Y, and Z. They just won't. And I know that will upset people and people will have their opinions on it and people will say, no, he should never play for United again. The fact is, if he keeps playing like he has done in the last month, two months, for the whole season, next season or in the start of next season, he will play for United. He'll be in that starting lineup. It's just a fact. Football is football. It's a business. And from a football point of view, they would be stupid to get rid of him. It's just the way it is, like to me anyway. Do you see it any different? I just think that the timing's all wrong for this new person to be coming in. We're January in the first one. Of the first things he does is bring back. Doesn't look good for him. I would bring him back in. He wouldn't even gone for me. So, I don't. But... Yeah, I don't think he comes back till the summer. But I think he comes back now. We we'll have to wait and see because you know Real Madrid and Barcelona sniffing now. So he might want to go there. Think you know what? Fuck that! I'm going there. I suppose it will come that from his point of view. Like his pain it. Living here. I know yeah, I, I mean, I suppose it's not playing for, it's not playing for a, a scrub. It's playing for the two best placed teams in the country. Yeah, Munich have been linked with him as well. So I mean, if you look at it purely from a football point of view, right? I think there's two sides which will come into it. One is clearly he's getting uh, he's not getting as much hassle from the media. If he goes to Spain or Italy or Germany, wherever it may, if he comes back to the Premier League, it's going to be constant. We saw that documentary with Beckham and the, you know, the the way they go about chasing these players around. Um, and then the second side of it, from his point of view, will be: Is he happy with how United dealt with him? Is you know, is he was he on board with them sending him to loan to Getafe? You know, was that a good thing for in his eyes, or did he feel like the club? let him down and hung him out to dry a bit. If I would say if it was the latter, then why wouldn't he go and play for Barcelona, Madrid, whoever, if they want him? Do you see what I mean? Yeah. If he feels that the club backed him and they did the right by him, then I could see why he would stay there if he can if he thinks he can deal with the media side of it. And look, I'm not talking about the ins and outs of the moral thing of whether he should play or not. I'm just looking at it from a purely if United go to him and say we want you to stay you'll have a decision to make because it sounds like there's going to be a few clubs interested, but I don't know. I know, like you said, you think they should bring him back. So, 
you know, everyone's got uh, an opinion on it. It's it's one of those things where everyone everyone has an opinion on it, but ultimately it'll be Manchester United, Mason Greenwood, whoever who make the decision. The fans, right? They might have a say in it, like they kicked up a bit of a fuss and stuff, but. I'm trying to look at it from a football point of view because I'm bored of talking about the the morals of football and, and the rest of it. It's kind of I'm I'm fed up with talking about it till blue in the face. Um but if you look at it from a football point of view, it, it makes sense. Um Roy Keane, Manchester United legend, called Premier Premier League legend, called uh Virgil van Dijk. Premier League legend. Premier League legend, Roy Keane, isn't he? I'm, I'm, I'm more up going on the latter. Who? Who are you going to say now? Premier League legend. No, oh, I wasn't talking about Virgil van Dijk. Jesus Christ, he's had one oh. good season, mate. Oh, yeah, um, so Roy Keane, Premier League legend, Manchester United legend, called Virgil van Dijk arrogant after his post-match interview uh, after the nil-nil draw between United and Liverpool. Um I want to get your immediate sort of take on, did you think, when when you saw that interview, did you see it before you saw the keen reaction? Or did you see the keen reaction first and then sort it out? Yeah. Did you think that Van Dyke was particularly, like, what he said was wrong or arrogant or whatever? Not arrogant. It's just naive to think that, you know... Um... Even when United were a very good team, they were very, 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 very cautious to go into Anfield in the first 15, 20 minutes, quiet the crowd down, and then just go from there. But you can't go gun hole at, at Anfield, especially with half your team out and not in good form up against it. Last time you were there, you got beat 7 0. So there's bad memories. And they've gone there and dug in and defended and could have nicked it in the end. But yeah, it's just it's naive to to say that, and just he's obviously annoyed and having a little dig. But you know, when you're up there, that's what you've got to expect. I've watched that many, many, many times, week in, week out, year in, year out. When I used to watch United, been good teams used to just sit in and, and try and get them on the counter 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 attack. So yeah, it's part and parcel of being a top club, Virgil, but. Obviously, you've not been experienced that enough with the naive quote you said or comment you said in an in interview. I just thought he was. I just I thought he was like a bit stupid. Right? I didn't. I just thought like I agree with you. He's really naive because of course United are going to go there and defend for their lives. They're in terrible form. They got loads of players missing. What's the respect to go gun ho and get beats too. If Scott McTominay is your captain. Like on the day, like you know that they're kind of struggling for players and tactics and whatever. So of course they're going to defend for their life. I thought United defended very well. I thought they looked a lot better with Mainu and, and Amrabat as the two holding midfielders. Because one of the big like I've said to you many times, one of the biggest problems United have had all season is that they just get run through in the midfield areas and they weren't or they didn't that didn't happen as much. And it's up to the home side, particularly in these big sides. It's up to the home side to, you know, to break teams down, and teams are going to sit in against you and and try and and get a point. And you could argue United had the better chances. I thought the last the Ganacho one and the 
Hoyland won with big chances away. You know, on another day, United could have nicked the one 0 win, which is weird. But I thought Liverpool had an off day as well. But I I just thought he, in relation to his comments, I thought he was playing up to the fans a little bit, show, trying to show that you know I'm frustrated and and we're having a little dig at United. But it's like, come on, what do you expect United to do? Play four two four and try and win six five? Never gonna happen. Never yeah, gonna happen. He's obviously rubbed Roy up the wrong way, and you know we know Roy speaks his mind, and he's probably probably correct in, in his statement. So. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't happy, was he, Roy Keane? But here's a question for you, mate, right? What, um, the Dutch, Dutch people aren't necessarily, you know, what's the word? Uh, the opposite to confident. What's the opposite to confident? Not like shy. Yeah, they're not really shy, are they, the Dutch? No, they're quite straight talking, and they, like yeah, exactly. they say no, quite. Yeah, and, and uh, literally. Like, they kind of rub people the wrong way, like Germans, really, Dutch mm. people. Yeah, they're quite literal in the way they speak a lot, a lot of the time, aren't they? And they and yeah, look, I didn't, I didn't think what he said was outrageous. Like, yeah, I didn't think what he said was outrageous because, like, what he said wasn't massively incorrect. United didn't really, you know. I've forward. seen matches against United where the people defended, defended, and the, yeah. the, that team have nicked a point on one one exactly, nil. Yeah, where 100%. United battered them all. So that's. It could have been worse. So, well, if, yeah, this is what I mean. He's, he's very naive and and, and uh, obviously not experienced. This week in, week out, year in, year out, he's it's been sporadic, and he's had it a couple of years here, then a couple of years off, and then obviously he's got an injury. And uh, where you know, keen experience for like ten years, solid, probably more. But yeah, he's obviously not experienced enough, and it's a it's an amateur comment. Novice yeah. comment. Mm-hmm. Novice. Um, just quickly then on United, obviously, um, Varane came back into the side. I thought he made a big difference. Uh, I thought there were some big performances. Kobe Mainu for an 18-year-old is madness, mate, I tell you. Yeah, I liked him as we watched the FA Youth Cup a couple of years ago. Ganacho scored a couple and they won against Sheffield United. Anyway, there was a, yeah, Ganacho and Coleman are really impressed with that day. Not so much Ganacho, but he scored the two goals. So, but and he was dangerous for that corner man. I thought he's a player. I mean, he was only sixteen at the time, but uh, yeah, he's going to be a good player. Yeah, it was. It's um, it's just the, the calmness. The calmness on the ball, mate, is is crazy for someone so young. And yeah. I think do you know, like I was looking at that United side, and I think a big problem with the Hoyland thing is they're not giving him service. And then I was thinking, God, if you took McTominay out and put Bruno in there against other teams, so not against Liverpool or Anfield, but like, you know, they got West Ham at the weekend with Bruno and Mainu and Amrabat in the midfield and, and Varane back and fit, United might be able to get a bit of consistency because I thought even amongst that dis- defensive display, you know, the ball from Mainu to Ganacho behind the fullback. Trent Alexander, I've criticised him a lot for his defensive liabilities. Does really, really well because he's a couple of yards. Uh, Ganacho's got half a yard on him and uh, Trent gets his body across him really quickly because if Ganacho takes it, if his first touch takes him across Trent Alexander, it's either he brings him down or Ganacho gets his shot off. And I thought Trent did very, very well to, 
to make sure that didn't happen. One touch as well. He needed a better touch. Yeah, he? yeah, he did. Yeah, and it was a great ball by Menu, um, which shows that he's not only got the composure for the you know to keep the ball moving and and do the basics. It's that vision as well. Um, and I thought even the Hoyland one. I thought the the build up. If you watch the build up to that Hoyland chance, they start with the key. It starts with Anana. They build all the way up the pitch through the press. Little one two on the edge of the box. If Hoyland hits that anywhere, goes straight. It's in, but he goes for power, and you know the keeper does well. But on another day, you know he scuffs that and he goes in the corner, or he hits it high and it goes in the net. It's just it's kind of one of those things. But I thought that gave at least I thought there were some positives in it amongst that performance by United that you could build on. Do you agree with that, or do you still think that they're going to struggle? No, it's, it's looked promising even against Bayern Munich. Look more solid. They've just got to, you know, they've just got to get the right balance because obviously when they're creating more chances, they look open at the back. But look, they've looked a lot more solid. You get more players back. See what can happen in January. It's obviously going to be players out as well. Uh, obviously, try and get. It never works well in January, but still we've got players getting back from injury, and uh, yeah, take it from there and see what happens. I think if they could get Martinez back now over Christmas, and I think if they can get McTominay out of the starting eleven, I just think that then United will be in a position to push on in the second half of the season. People forget like how many players they've had out in the first half of the season. If they get all their players back in the second half of the season, it's going to be like having two or three new signings anyway. Um, I want to talk about the championship, mate, um, because it's, it's hotting up at the top of the league. Leicester, um, who you know have been they've lost three all season, drawn one, won four of the last five, but Ipswich have also lost uh, won four of the last five, and they're only three points behind Ips, uh, Leicester. And then there's a big gap, there's 10 point gap then to Leeds. Do you think Ipswich and Leicester will run away with it, or do you think there's any way Leeds can? Ipswich play Leeds this week, don't they? Uh, let me just double check. I think it's yeah, Leeds at home to Ipswich Town tomorrow lunchtime. Yeah, Saturday so lunchtime. yeah, so it's a big game. Then they can bring them back into it, or they can strengthen it more. Uh, where is it at Ellen Road? Yeah, big, yeah, big so, game, that isn't it? Keanu yeah. McKenna doing a blinding job, mind. I've got to say, been really impressed with his coaching. I think I said to you, we've seen that before, though, haven't we? Where the better teams get promoted. And they use it as a slingshot or as a slipstream to, to keep that momentum going, add a bit more quality. They've obviously got team, good team spirit. And, and yeah, we've seen it with Ipswich Town. And obviously, they, they keep on. Obviously, it's still early, but you know, if, if they win on Saturday, it's a big stain on that, getting a result at Ellen Road. So we'll have to wait and see. But it's, it's a big game from that. If they win that, then they're rocking and rolling. If Leeds win it, then you know they can bring them closer, but closer to him, and, and and even bring them into it like a free horse race. So with only two spaces, but well, I was just looking then, like Southampton are on forty-two as well, actually. So there's actually two teams within ten points of Ipswich, and then there's another bit of a drop. So, these, these, are, these are no scrubs either. These are two strong no, sides of the Premier League last year. So experienced sides as well, and a rocky start that obviously have got going now. And uh, you 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 probably bet on them uh, having a pretty good second half of the season, and uh, I, I, that's who my money would be on. 
for Southampton. But you know, Leeds looking strong as well, even though they've had a couple of blips in the last week or so. But um, no, it's a big game for Ipswich. I big game for Leeds as well. Yeah, I I can't remember if I said this on the show or if I said it to you privately, but like out of all the teams Cardiff have played this year, Ipswich is the team which I've been most impressed with. Even Leicester, I thought I thought because Cardiff were unlucky against Leicester, um, they had a chance just before Leicester scored, didn't take it, and then Leicester got like a really scrappy goal which kind of pinballed around the area. Whereas I thought Ipswich was would just. They just looked so good on the ball, so good off the ball, very structured. But the the, the football they played was sensational. And um, I've been really, really impressed with them. But like you mentioned, like sometimes teams which come up from League One, they just keep that momentum. I think even, you know, even Sunderland, they didn't go up. But last year, you know, they were in and around the playoffs. Just that momentum of winning football matches kind of carries on, even though you're going up a level and, and the games are harder and... It's just that mom- winning becomes a habit very easily. Well, not easily, but once you're winning, it becomes this, the norm, doesn't it? No, no. Um, obviously, in, in, in good form, like I say, good team spirit, you can't beat a good team spirit. And obviously, kept most of the team that got them up. And uh, yeah, it's showing that this year because it's not easy, the Championship, as you know. No, it's relentless. And they're doing really, really well. Oli Gunnar Solskjaer's coaches doing very well, mate, aren't they? Um, since he left United, Carrick is doing well at Borough, which we're going to talk about Borough in a minute. Obviously, um, we had uh, the EFL EFL Cup games going this week, but I mean, you know, he, Carrick's doing a very good job at Borough. Um, McKenna doing a good job at Ipswich. And I think there's actually, uh, I can't remember who the third guy is, but I think the other coach is doing pretty well somewhere as well. I forget who it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh, mate, he's, he's he's coming together slowly. Do you think Wayne Rooney? Where are we? Where where are Birmingham? Let's have a look. Seventeenth didn't follow up on that victory over Cardiff. Unfortunately, like for, unfortunately for them, what they would have liked to have done is you know get that victory away at Cardiff, which is a difficult game. I was going to say Cardiff are drops, but if they win one one game, they go up five places. So. I mean. It's insane the championship, isn't it? Like it is literally any team can beat anyone on their day, and you you if you win two three games, you just you got up the table so fast. Um, you know, from a Cardiff point of view, the biggest thing now is to stop the rot, is stop the the bad form. They need to first and foremost just grind out a result or two over Christmas. They got Shepherd Wednesday, Saturday, which uh, I've got a preview for that drop in tomorrow. But um, Sheffield Wednesday is at Hillsborough. Even though Wednesday have been very poor this year, like Cardiff have just got to find a way because Cardiff have been dreadful the last five games. They just have to get the points and then they can build on performances. But you just got to grind it out, mate, haven't you, when you're playing poorly? Just got to find a way. Got to work through it, mate. It's the only way you can get through it. Not feeling sorry for yourself. Just got to work through it. Hard work. Um, yep. So last night I had um, Darren Whitcoop on, who's a, a sun, the Sunday Mirror sports editor. Uh, is sort of the one of the real main transfer journalists for the EFL, um, and that was really interesting speaking to him. He had a few things to say about about what he'd heard about Cardiff and Kiefer Moore. Seems like every man and their dog 
thinks that that's a done deal. Um, but he also talked about um, Callum Robinson potentially leaving Cardiff in January, which was, I was very surprised at. But when I thought about it afterwards, he fell out with a manager earlier in the season. He's on very high wages. And Ruben Corwell, who's young and Welsh, has taken his start in place recently and done all right. So maybe it doesn't make, you know, I, it's one of them where you didn't necessarily think about it straight away or like I'd sell him. But actually, it, it wouldn't be a surprise. If, if that means, if it means you, you can, if doing that, you can bring in Key for more, then you do it, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah, you've got to kind of crying out for a striker. So, like, all the strikers they've got are very, very much the same. They're not at that level that you really need. Keith Moore is proven in the championship, played international football. You know when he gets a run of games and he's fit and he's sharp, he is capable of playing the wake. Yeah, and he fits the system. It's a no-brainer for me. But um, I guess we'll see. Do you think uh, we see... We don't normally see many big moves in the Premier League in the January window. I, I know you get like a couple maybe loans and short-term deals, but do you think... We'll start with United. Do you think United will bring anyone in in January? Yes. I think just what what if you if they only bring in one player, who what position would you like to see him strengthen if you're only bringing in one? Gotta say a striker. Yeah, I think but it's 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 so hard to get a a striker. So either that or centre half. So yeah, I like I agree. Like it looks like Veranza is where I'm reading today that Real Madrid looking at him. So. Yeah, well, um, what's his head? Got a long term injury, haven't he? Their um, the centre back, I've forgotten his name. Yeah, yet. so you could see that they know him. You no, know, he's not over the hill, he's still 29, 30. He's not as physical. He's only 30, isn't he? I thought he was yeah, older than that. He's Veranza. only 30, he's not as physical, you know, he's back Did to he? where he goes. So that, that you could see that, haven't you? Yeah, United have been linked with that Tadebo, haven't they, from Nice, which obviously with the Jim Ratcliffe connection, you could see that how that might end up happening. Um, he's a very good defender, mind. But what's interesting to me is with Varane, is like I, I thought in my head for some reason, I thought he was like mid 30s. He's literally not long term. Yeah, so like, yeah. But I think the problem is the intensity of the Premier League. He can't play game weekend. It's brittle, it's brittle. French bones, but quality, mate. That like you look at the difference he made on the weekend oh, against yeah, Liverpool. Mate, you don't, you don't, you don't, you won't win Champions Leagues. A French, French side that he's been in. Come on, he's a top player. Well, yeah, he's probably a, he was in the World Cup winning side as well, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he must have been. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, but I think from that United transfer thing, I think um, whilst I think they need a centre back. If they were only able to bring in one player because of FFP and stuff like that, I think a striker would be more beneficial simply because they have got centre-backs who can play for the rest of the season. Whereas there's so much pressure on Hoyland at the moment. They're not getting the service to him, but he's got. there's nobody else because Martial is just not, it's not worth the bloody shirt he's got. So, like, they were linked with that. Um, oh, what's his name? the Middle East, the Middle Eastern striker. I've forgotten his name. Um, I will find it out now. Who's got a really good scoring record. Um, and I think he was available cheap. But he's very experienced. Um, and I think like he would be a good shout 
someone someone who's experienced but can score like hit the ground running i think would be a a massive benefit to hoyland because i still still think hoyland starts but if you've got someone on the bench who can score goals and get in the right positions it just eases the pressure on him a bit doesn't he because he must look at the bench now and think jesus if i don't score like well there's no one to come on like you know Mm. Martial's I can't even believe he's still there, mate, to be honest. I'm trying to think of what his name is. Um, oh, it's going to bug me, that is. It's going to bug me. Um, that's Adibo, though, who's been linked with United and Spurs. is very, very good. He's been linked with Spurs heavily the last 24 hours or so. But it's just been linked with United. For... We've got so many injuries, so she needs to get some of them back. Yeah, and they the club, Manchester United have been very secretive over their how long players are out for at the moment. Like they used to, you know, you'd have a clear, you'd have a clear sort of timeline of how the, what the injury was, how long they're out for, etc. But like, you know, Harry Maguire, how long is Harry Maguire out for? How long is Mr. Martinez out for? Until, you know, it's difficult to judge what they need if you don't know how long these players are well, out Harry for. Maguire, Harry Maguire looked like he twinged his groin. So that's a couple of weeks, a few weeks at least. So, and Lancey's been out for a while now, so I'd expect him well, back over... He's back uh, training, isn't he? Yeah, he's back training. training. So, you expect him back later in the month or early next year. So, yeah, uh, there, there's two massive, massive people coming back. But it's just, you know, it's... We just need uh, uh, to, to get everyone back. And, oh, yeah, but... Yeah, People go obviously look back. Van der Beek looks like he's on his way out. Um, where's he going? Is it the Dutch oh, league? Yeah, Dutch I think league. it was. That's. Uh... Do you know what was really interesting is, um, like, if United get all their players, say United had all their players back tomorrow from injury, it would be like having two or three new signings, which is shows like how many injuries they've got. No, no. I Casemiro's been linked with Saudi. Um, they'll have a decision to make with him, really. Like, I'm about as well. I'm hearing there's a clause in his contract where they can just let him go back. I don't know if that's that's a weird one, that is because, like, he's probably disappointed a little bit when he since he's come in, but I don't think he he hadn't had a pre season or anything, so I think it's just taking him a bit of time, isn't it? Good games, and you've seen bad games, but that obviously that's because he's not played, and, and, and obviously, new league, new team. So you would usually say when a player comes to Manchester United, you know, he's given time, let us settle in. Mm. And with Amrabat, we've not done that. We've gone, oh, he's fucking, you know, you're not doing this, you're not doing that. And it's probably a bit harsh. Yeah, I think actually, you know, if Casemiro was to go to Saudi in January, you, they have to keep Amrabat, don't they? They can't let both of them go, I would have thought. Because mm. then you're back to that where you were a couple of years ago with no holding midfielder, which is... Um, uh, not the ideal situation. Um, I tell you what, an interesting uh, transfer story. I was we were reading this morning. David de Gea to uh, to Newcastle. That makes a lot of sense. I think with Pope out. I know he's on a lot of money, but I mean, let's be honest. Newcastle can, you know, they got a bottomless pit, haven't they? Yeah, in terms they don't of have to pay a fee, you just come straight in. It's just a wage, It'd be a big wage, but be worth it. Top keeper coming in straight away. Yeah, and I think, look, regardless of 
how his form dipped last year as a shot he's stopper. Still United, he's still been United's best player over the 10 years. Yeah. And as a shot stopper, I don't think there's many yeah. better keepers around. Well, like He has been uh, uh, the best player or one of the biggest clubs in the world for the last 10 years. So <laughs> that says a lot of the Manchester United side, of the players that they've brought in. But still, still no mean feat. Oh, Ahmed, I nearly forgot. Um, what did you make of the Diego Diogo Dalot sending off? Yeah, these these referees are really irritating me. Really irritating. Me. There's no need for it. No I saw um, so I saw a journalist. I forget his name. I apologize, but um, he basically tweeted on the Monday after. He said, "What has happened is Michael Oliver." has let his emotions get the better of him. Like, he has got irritated by the way Dalot reacted. And he's let his emotions get the better of him, and he's reacted emotionally by booking him twice. And I think I wouldn't have a problem with him booking him twice if, in the first half, when Nunes rams an elbow into Johnny Evans's chest, then he kicks the ball away, then he gets in the linesman's face, and then he sarcastically claps the linesman, but he only gets one yellow card. Whereas, really, if you wanted to break it down technically, he had did four things that would warrant a yellow card. So, if he had sent off, or if he had given two yellow cards to Nunes in the first half for that, and then sent off Dallo for two lots of dissent, then I think you could justify that with consistency, etc. However, by not doing the one and then doing the other, I think it just makes the referee look inconsistent, childish. What, what, what the problem you've got with these, some of these referees, and Mike Oliver, for me, was one of the good, a good referee, but what's happening is his ego's taking over. And just because someone's made a reaction to how bad his, his, his decision was, which it was the wrong one, it should have been United yeah. throwing. And yeah, there's no need, and it's the way he's reacting. He's going, yeah, get off, get off, get. Yeah. Is this to say? It's just, yeah, his emotions have took over. He's not been professional. He could have given me a card and say, listen, calm down, or you're gonna go again. Not just go yellow, yellow, and then act like a petulant child saying, get off, get off. It was just. He reminded me of Clattenburg. These referees have egos now, and the egos are taking over. Of being a good referee, and Mike Oliver for me is a good referee, but that was a bad yeah. decision. Right at the end of the game, yeah, it's a big game. United they defended really well, and that could have put a spanner in the works, or because one referee didn't like the one player's reaction. You book him, you say to him, Right now, enough, stop, or you're gonna go, not let your emotions take over and book him and book him in the space of five seconds. It's pathetic, and like you said earlier in the game. Nunes could have had three or four yellow cards, but he only got one. It's double standards. Like, you see it every week. There's no consistency because they all have egos, or one referee sees it this way or sees it that way. Uh, or different laws changing. Da, 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 da. With the young ball, it's, yeah. But these referees are poor. I mean, so, the capital P, poor. Let me ask you a question, then, mate. Do you think it's his ego, his emotions, the rest of it? Or do you think it's because he's a diehard Newcastle fan, which is which he is? No, no, 
it's, you don't no, think it's a it's a it's no, a Newcastle Most of his ego took over. Why would you give him two yellow cards? Because he's what done that and then done that again. Just have you're a professional, very experienced referee, and you're acting mm. like a child. Just be professional and speak to him and say to him, "Listen, calm down." If I've got it wrong, got it. But don't just go yellow card and then go yellow card and act. Go, go on, get off. Go on that way. Is it to say, go on? It's just amateurish, and this is that. This is the, I suppose, the best league in the world. But the referees, and I'll say it again, poor with a capital P. Yeah, they're getting worse, mate. The referees um, in the Premier League. I really believe that the referee standard this year has been absolutely dreadful. And I had hope that when Howard Webb took over, the the, the standard would get better again. And I think it's been dreadful this year. It's gone backwards. And, yeah, hundred percent. But also, um, if that happens. On the 60th minute, and he sends off Delo. That's a big problem for United. Whereas, you know, as it was, it was like injury time, didn't really matter. But that could, you know, that could have changed yeah, the game. When you said that before, who you support shouldn't come into the equation for your yeah. professional referee. But the reason I asked you is there's a, there's a big long thread on Twitter where it shows the decisions that he's made. Um, or got wrong, or like setting people off, but big decisions which have been in favour of Newcastle. If you just kind of look at it in terms of you know against Liverpool, Man City, Arsenal, United, there's a very clear sort of path of these sort of big decisions, and people have kind of pointed the finger and saying, "Well, that's because he's a Newcastle fan," but I don't necessarily think that was the case with this. I just think. Like you say, his emotions and he and it's just an ego thing, and that you don't like being shouted at. And he just got a bit; he was just a bit petulant himself, it almost, you know. Yeah, didn't he like it. Cringeworthy because it's not professional. Yeah. Well, I think when he probably watched it afterwards, he probably felt even more stupid because he got the original throwing wrong, which is why uh, <laughs> what his Dallow loses his head. He loses oh, his man. temper because he got the decision bad, like. He got it wrong. Um, so we're going to do our Premier League predictions now in a minute. Um, we're going to go through the Premier League games and have a little talk about uh, the the ifs and the buts of the, the Premier League. If anyone's got any questions, by the way, um, you can get them in. And um, Rodri, as always, will answer them, he, as he always does, in good old-fashioned, brutal honesty. Um, that's what I meant. Um, if you've got any questions or anything, then send them in. And um, we're going to be finishing shortly. Um, the Instagram stream, I think, finishes automatically on an hour. So uh, if we disappear from Instagram, come and jump over onto YouTube or Twitter. Because, um, but we normally go about an hour anyway, so we should be about right. And um, what I wanted to do, mate, if anyone asks any questions, we'll, well, I'll put them to you. But what I want to do is do the predictions a little bit earlier in the show and actually talk about. In the, the individual games as we kind of do our predictions at the same time because um, you know we're professionals at the end of the day your year for your analysis just remember that your year for your tactical knowledge um but yeah these referees made a shocking and it's getting re- it's getting tiresome you know i'm getting bored of it it's just the same thing every week the referees are the center of attention and i think the thing which what bugs everyone, all football fans, is consistency. 
And like I said, if he had done it, if he had booked Nunez twice and sent him off earlier in the game, and then Dallo does that, you can go, all right, it's stupid, but it's consistent. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. but when you've let that go, three, four different incidents in the space of a minute, you can't then do that. And I, and even you know, from Dallo's point of view, once he gets booked, he's got to shut up. Like, you got to be a professional yourself. And, like, you know that there's this big thing on descent and the rest of it. So it's like, once you get the yellow card for descent, you got to literally put your arms down, shut your mouth, and get on with it. And he doesn't. But ultimately, I think the referee's got to do better than myself. But the, right. The first game up in our in our Premier League or our preview, weekend preview uh, is Spurs versus Everton. Um Spurs have won their last two on the banks after having uh, having uh, had a bit of a rocky spell. But Everton, the form team, have won four of the last five, beating teams such as Newcastle, Chelsea, uh, Forest, West Ham, and Drew with Fulham last week. Um, I'm going to go with 2-1 to Everton. I've been very impressed with Everton. Not just the you know winning, but the way they've done it, the football they played, even against United. Um, way back when Ganacho scores that early worldie. So what score are you going for? I'm going 2-1 Everton. 2-1, I've got the other way. Okay. Tell me why. Tell me why. Just top them at home. They look like they've turned, turned the corner again and, and going to kick on again. And Yeah. What do you thought of Everton's run, mate? Back, plus they're at home, which is the main... No, it's, it's a big crowd... We play well at home. I know Everton are in good form, but yeah, just, just being at home, if it was at Everton, I'd put Everton. It's just at home is the advantage for me. What have you made of Everton's improvements? Like you've watched, obviously watched them against United. I thought they played quite well against United and maybe we're a little bit unlucky that, you know, Ganacho scores a once-in-a-lifetime goal. Like, what's your, what have you made of Everton's improvements since they got the, the point deduction? Well, they, they were playing well before they got the points deduction and that's mm. obviously just lit a spark and they've gone from strength to strength obviously they're getting used to the manager as well uh, getting used to playing with each other and yeah they're just getting better and better each week already from that point deduction they're already up to 16th and out of the relegation zone I know. which I think is you know fair play that is uh, impressive um the one thing which has interested me with Everton is like the dedu- the point deduction 100% has galvanized them, haven't it? Like it, they've clearly got that almost Fergie esque, you know, siege mentality. Everyone's against us. The Premier League's trying to stitch us up. You know, it's us against the world sort of thing. And it's working for them. Like you said, they were already in good form. And that deduction is almost just, you know, giving them that extra lift and togetherness. Uh, although today that Amadou Onana has been heavily linked with United again, the midfielder. Would you would you take him at United? Do you think he's good enough? I don't need. I don't see enough of him. Um, Amadou Onana. He's the big. Uh, he's massive. He is. He's a big black guy. Plays in like hold not holding midfielder like box to box. I guess. Uh, who? Uh, for Everton. And no. You would have seen him, but I don't. Yeah, like, yeah, now I know what you mean. Yeah, no, what's it? No, I don't. I don't think he's good enough. But he's been linked no. with him for a while, so no. there's obviously something to it. But yeah, I not. Uh, 
I don't no, think he's not what for they me. need. Or he might be good, but he's certainly not what they need at the moment, yeah. if that makes sense. Um, next up is Luton Town versus Newcastle. Obviously, Luton will be without their club captain, Tom Locklear, who, as he recovers. Um, I've gone 2-0 two, two Newcastle, but just talking about some of the form, Luton have lost four of the last five. Um, only they have against- played against the top sides. Yeah, they lost to United, Arsenal, Man City and Brentford in that time and they beat Palace. Um, however, Newcastle... All games have been really, really tight. They've been impressed with Luton. So I'm going to go 1-0. They have, yeah. They've been high, high scoring as well. 1-0, home win. Interesting. Uh, New- I've gone Newcastle 2-0. I have, But Newcastle have lost three of the last five. So, you know, they're not... Newcastle aren't flying, shall we say? They don't go there, the right mentality, Luke will turn them over because they've, they've been impressed me there, especially at Kenilworth Road. Yeah, and I think the one thing with Newcastle recently is they have looked tired where they haven't had, you know, where they've got these injuries, they haven't got the same depth that some other clubs have got, and they've kind of struggled a little bit, you know. It's, um, yeah, I can see that. I might, ch- I'm thinking of changing to a Luton win, you know. Um, no, 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 no. Ooh, I'm going to go 2 1 to Newcastle. Um, next up is Forest versus Bournemouth. Not in the Forest sacked Cooper this week. Were you surprised by that? No, because the uh, the owner's flaky. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think he'll be the next Wales manager myself. Um, on I Cooper, think he'll be the next Crystal Palace manager myself, but mm-hmm. do I don't know. You know, Palace got to have it. Roy, say, Roy, come on, you've done a great job for us, but can you know, can Steve take over now because he's going to be here for the for the future? And you're, you know, yeah, I can see that. Time. I, I think it'll come down to which job becomes available first, I guess, because I think if the Wales job comes up, I think he probably is hot favourite for that. He's it's too Palace. young for the Wales job, no? No, I don't think so, mate. I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe, but. I mean, how old was Sparky when he took it? Probably similar age, wasn't he? True. And he actually that was what kickstarted in a, like that started. I yeah, thought that was his, yeah, but that he's, was only, his, he's only done that though. He's he's already start, he's already got a good yeah um, reputation, so he doesn't need to go do that. He does that he could do that in fifteen years? And yeah, he's he that Premier League. He's a Premier League manager now. If he goes back back to that, is it going backwards? I, don't know. I guess it depends if that's his ultimate goal as a you know, yeah. proud a sure. Welshman. In, in, his, in my mind, if I was him, I'm thinking in 10 years' time, the Wales manager's job still going to be about next time if, it's, if I'm available. Yeah, I yeah, I could see the logic to like, I could definitely see what you're saying, but I guess if his ultimate goal it's is all about time, Welsh, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, if he's out of a job and the Wales manager's free, then you de- you def- he's definitely going to think about it, isn't it? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense in many ways. And I think, look, as a Welsh fan, take him, be happy with him as a manager, being very impressed with him. Uh, Forest versus Bournemouth, though, mate. Do we get the new manager bounce straight away from Forest, or do you think it'll take a couple of weeks for Nunes to get his thing yeah, going? I'm, I'm going to go a draw there because Bournemouth have been playing pretty well as well. Yeah, I've Bournemouth been absolutely flying, mate, haven't they? And obviously, they yeah. beat United 3 yeah. 0. Most recently, right, right, I've gone Jordan Ayew. Oh, there you go. 
I gone um, 3-1 Bournemouth in that one. Uh, next up is Fulham at home to Burnley. Both got kind of similar form. Uh, Fulham won two of the last five, but have picked up victories against teams they probably should beat. Lost to Newcastle and Liverpool, drew with Everton, whereas Burnley lost to Everton, drew with Brighton, lost with Wolves and beat Sheffield United. Burnley need points, but I think Fulham's form at home has been pretty solid. So I've gone 2-1 Fulham for me. Been very impressed with Fulham this year. 2-1 Fulham. Copy of me, interesting. No, 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 I'm just saying that was just repeating you. All oh, right, I see, okay. 2-1 Fulham, what have I gone? 2-0 Fulham. Okay, interesting. Uh, next up we go, drop down to the Championship for a, a rare Super 6 prediction, which is nice. Um, we've got... 3-0, uh, 3-0 the Foxes. Was it the Tigers? I got 3-0. I, I noticed that you got that in quick before I could get mine in. Just well, I said it first, so you've got to change uh, it. i got to change mine now, is it? I'll go um, I'll go 4-1 Leicester. Um, just because, you know, don't want to copy you, do I? That would well, be I, disastrous. I was brave enough to say it first. You need to be yeah, brave enough. Yeah. You're so brave, mate. You t- yeah. you 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 tell your truth, mate. That's that's and the next thing. game. I'll go in first as well. Oh, hang on a minute. We haven't got to talk about Leicester's four. Oh, no, okay. Five no. won four of the last five. Uh Rotherham have lost four of the last five. So I think it's gonna be I think everyone's expecting a big Leicester win, aren't they? Ultimately. Um, and it'll come down to whether Rotherham can get something going. But that championship, mate, is is wild. Like you wouldn't Leicester, be surprised. I can't see Rotherham getting anything. Premier League really quality strong, don't they? In the in areas still, that stuff. So yeah, three yeah. 0 home win, four one home win. Um, Liverpool versus Arsenal, one one. Yeah, one one. Yeah, copying me again. Outrageous. Um, I'll, I'll no. change that. I'll change that. Could be nil nil. You do you do think it's going to be a draw though, mate? Could yeah? be one one. Could be two. It's going to be close. Liverpool um, picked up an impressive victory this in the midweek in the in the EFL Cup, but I think I don't think it makes a lot of difference because it was the it's the fringe players, so yeah. I don't think you get the city. Like if it was a Premier League game, I'd say, all right, that may make a difference. I'll tell you, what I was very disappointed with in the United game the other day was that Sabots like I thought he was really poor, like his touch. He scored a rocket yesterday, didn't he? Mm. But he gave the ball away so much, mate, in that United game. And, uh, yeah, he was surprisingly poor, actually. Um, okay, so 1-1. One, one. Do you uh, expect... Like, I know Arsenal fans in particular will be eyeing this game as if they can win it. That'll be a signal they're going to win the title. And you don't win anything in December, is what I say. But... Is this year going to finally be Arsenal's year, mate? No. And it, if they were to go and beat Liverpool comfortably on the weekend, would you change you just that? answered your own statement with your sentence you said before you started this. Nothing's give out in December. I've never seen a, a League One in December. That's very true. But I'm asking you, if they were to put in a particularly impressive victory... Would that change your view? Oh, of... They're ultimately not the ones they're going to be fighting against. It'd be Manchester City. Very true, mate. Very true. Who do you think are the men to watch in that game? 
who could be the game changers? Saka, Martinelli. Anyone from the Scouts uh, contingent? Salah and Endo. Look out for Endo. He's good, play, good little player. Him and his thing. I like him. Yeah, he's um, he's quite yeah. impressed with his work rate. Um, we're gonna have to keep talking a minute, mate, because my screen's just full frozen, so I can't. Uh, I can't end the show. So I was trying um, to end it before like six, uh, 60 minutes, but you've got nose that up. We've got I can't because my screen's just frozen. It should be fine now. Just give me 30 seconds to catch up. Um, what did you make of Paddy the Baddy's performance on the weekend, mate? And uh, yeah, the, uh, I watched it today, actually, because I was off work today, so I watched it today. Yeah, dom- dominant. Dominant. Both, both of them, I thought, were very, yeah, very dominant. Edwards, dominant. I wish he'd caved his fucking head in that cold wheel something he does my head in, but yeah, dominant <laughs> performance, uh, domination by the British in America. It was, uh, it was, I thought they were both very impressive and then, um, like, like I think I said to you before, Paddy um, is he's a really sound lad, but like oh, his yeah. his abilities, mate, in the grappling and wrestling, like people, particularly like American MMA fans and analysts, they just write the British off as if they've they don't know what grappling is, and like Paddy the Baddy is high level. Because Tony yeah, he's a good good grappler, mate. He, his chin might have gone, but he as a you know and as a grappler Edwards, and Colby Cummins is a really top high wrestler, and he you know he grappled with him. Oh, uh, mate, when he when when he um when he took him down just because he could, um that was I loved that mate because he had dominated him for I think it was like three or four rounds, and um you know it was very one sided, and then when he just took him down as well, I was like, go on, son. Who's you got uh, this weekend? Uh, that's hey, a very good question. Who have, who have I got? AJ. Is that this weekend, is it? Yeah. Come on, but Of course it is. It's the 23rd. they got our Christmas, mate. Coming quack, coming fast. Do you think um, do you think he wins then, yeah? AJ, yeah. Against Otto Wallin. And yeah. is that Drown Miller as well? He's Daniel Dubois. Daniel Dubois, yeah, Miller will be a fight. A few heavyweights will be a few bangers. Someone's yeah, that uh, that Dubois fight will be. I I I I predict that will just be like toe to toe, smashing each other up. Yeah, I think that would be a good fight. But um, so, yeah, I've got a feeling Joshua might lose, mate. Yeah, well, he shouldn't. Taking his eye off the ball. I just he said. Andy Joshua's words, I'm here to fight, not party. But look. Sweet. We'll have to wait and see, right? We're over that. Right? Yeah, go and have a good one, mate. I'll, I'll uh... get some chocolate eclairs. I've got some chocolate eclairs. Oh, that sounds good. Nice. Right. Have a good one, mate. Thank you for your time, as always. And uh, I'll speak to you soon. In a bit, motherfucker. Sports Social Podcast Network.